for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Tonight on the show, it's Glorious Birds and Sunflowers with the 1971 classic Harold and Maude. Me and my girl Hillary are going to talk about this movie, which we love so much. This is Hillary's favorite film of all time, correct? Yeah. This is, when people ask me, people know that like I love horror and things like that, and they go, "Oh, what's your favorite movie?" And I go, "Harold and Maude." And then they'll like, I know who I'm dealing with when I get like that Scooby Doo blank stare, and they go, <laughs> "What Scooby-Doo movie?" Blank yeah, stare. just like that. <laughs> And and I just go, yeah, we're we're caught up. We, we I know everything I need to know about you with this right here. Like you might be a fantastic person, but if you've never seen Harold and Maude or know about Harold and Maude and you want to talk movies to me, like I I don't know that we have much to go on. Yes. I absolutely I agree with you on this. I would love to know when you joined that train because I know I saw Harold and Maude when I was in college, you know, for the hour. And um, I was living at my dad's house and I watched it and I went and bought Cat Stevens, a couple Cat Stevens albums because there is no actual Harold and Maude soundtrack. Bullshit. Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. What the fuck, right? It's like you have to buy T for the Tillerman and um, Mona Bona Jackson in order to get the actual soundtrack to to Harold and Maude because it doesn't exist. Um, and I remember just laying on the floor of my father's apartment and listening to that album over and over again. And to this day, Trouble is one of the songs that I play when I'm just like fucking DEFCON 1 depressed. Yeah, no, Trouble is the absolute, I know I need to cry, but it's like I'm angry because now I'm not crying. So now I'm going the opposite direction. We're getting further away from sad. And I go, oh, I know the perfect song. It is Trouble and Mazzy Stars Fade Into You. Oh, I love Mazzy Stars Fade Into You. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That is my, you might uh, love laugh toaster bath. That's my. <laughs> speaking, speaking of toaster bath. So the plot of Harold and Maude is as follows. It is about a young man of, according to the screenplay, it is of about 20. Though he does, Bud Court actually does look like a teenager in this movie. Yeah, I thought he was like 19, but uh, 20 I'm comfortable with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm comfortable with 20. Um, Who is, uh, is a rich kid. Yeah, and uh, and lives- Obsessed with death. Obsessed with death, lives with his mother. She's crazy. She's a touch overbearing, just a touch, just a little wacky. And she has this very like exaggerated way of talking where she's like, I suppose you think that's very funny, Harold. Yeah. So like over the top and yet dry and suffocating and yet never around. Like her role is like very difficult to manage. But you, I could feel having a mother like that of just being like, <gasps> perfect she nails it nails it. absolutely nails it and what's interesting about this movie is that it it actually opens with him in a full suit hanging himself in front as his mother walks in and sees this and basically acts completely nonplussed like she's like oh yeah this is just another wednesday yeah when i 
so I also I was in college. I was 19 when I first saw this and my college had like, you know, the its own channel for, you know, the kids in like a USF channel or I mean, whatever college you went to. Yeah. Yeah. But very similar to that. And, you know, this is 1998. And anybody that doesn't remember 1998, it was like the invasion of pop and bright neon pink and like Spice World and all of that shit. And that- Spice up your life! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like very Barbie pink and Britney and all, like all of that stuff was just coming on. So this movie started playing and it's very dark. Like, like color scheme. Not color scheme. Yeah, yeah, no, color scheme wise. Absolutely. Yes. It is a very, it, it, it's funny because when they introduce Harold, Harold wears dark suits. He has dark hair. He has these absolutely gorgeous ice blue eyes, which kind of like, is like a stark contrast to it. But he, his house is dark. There's yes. dark wood. Yeah. Like, and so when it first started, I was just like, what is this? And I really kind of ignored it the very first time that I saw it. And then it came on again because, you know, we had six movies <laughs> that <laughs> just went on. It's just that and Reality Bites. Yeah, that was it. And uh, so I started watching it. So, yeah, you, you know, it's very loud noises and dark. And, you know, he slams the you know box shut and then t- hangs himself up. And I, that instantly got my attention. And I went, what? And then his mom walks in, looks right at him, and then goes, sits down to use the phone. And I just remember going, did she not see him because it's so dark? (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's not like we have a slaughter high situation here where the DP is, you know, is is obviously gone off. Like, this is is, is purposely, uh, his introduction is purposely dark with these dark colors and these, these real just the way that Hal Ashby shot it, it was just a very kind of somber, somber, very, very somber. And then he just starts choking and gagging and twitching. And his tongue is purple. Yeah. Like just all of it. And yeah, that's the line. I suppose you think that's very funny, Harold. And I said, what the fuck is wrong with this mother? Like she didn't clearly didn't kill him. We watched him string himself up. And then just the line of spit was coming out of his mouth. Like down to his knees. I mean, the fucking thing is forever long. And he's so sad. I remember the look on his face of just longing for his mom as she like walks out of like dinner at seven, Harold. Try to be a little more vivacious. (laughs) And I said, what the fuck is this? And I was so in. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, this is written for me. I have found a movie that is completely written for me completely. All right. I love it. I love it. So the next thing we see is this dinner party where she's surrounded by all of these people and she's very like lavishly dressed, right? But also dark. Dining dark. room, dark. Yeah, yeah. She, I believe she's dark gray. Uh, and you can tell like it's an affluent, community i guess at the dinner party with like the ridiculous hats for no reason and you know (laughs) butlers standing around and servants and this and that and you know she's telling a story of you know she tells the story of harold's father floating naked down the seine as in her name is rio and she dances on the seine yes yeah just, you know, always had a touch of the... And then she speaks French, and I still, to this day, have no idea. <laughs> no idea what she said! 
Yeah, I meant to actually look that up and <laughs> actually bring some, you know, entertainment to the show, but I, oh, I didn't. I yes. didn't. So basically, basically, Daddy was a wackadoo. Yeah, Daddy, or Daddy just ran out on her. Yeah, and yeah, was just yeah, like, yeah, I got to get like, away. I got to get naked and float down the sun. Yeah. That's what I got to do. And and then she she actually says that Harold was such a delicate child. Yes, uh, you know, even as a child, could always get sick and this and that. You yeah, know, right? yeah, he had a sore throat. Right, eat up oh, your yeah. beets. Right, because he says he says I want to. He says I have a sore throat. Which clearly is probably because he's trying to hang himself. Right. Just, you know, shot in the dark. Very, like, all the jokes are layered upon layered. And you really need to watch this movie ten times to really. Oh, absolutely. Oh, this is not a one and done, guys. This is not a Requiem for a Dream. This is 100% a, like, you have to, you watch this several, several times. And it will change shape and foundation with your age. Yes. Yeah, no, who I was at 19, yet again, I watched it again this morning. I was going to go in totally blind of just, I've seen this movie so much. Damn, coming in hot. That was the plan. And then I just went, (laughs) okay, but if you forgot something, that's not fair to the people that you're asking to listen to this. So let's, and again, like how it hit me today of just where I am in life today and just being like, feeling that mother's suffocation and what the mom really came through to me so much more on this viewing because I already know I love Harold I already know I'm in love with Maud so now like let me find a, another character and for me this viewing was all about mom wow I love it that's interesting yeah. I love that so much and then um she tells him eat your beats Harold okay so fun fact I've never had a beat what yeah, no, I'm serious. I've never had a beet. I don't like. I've never had them. I guess like with their are they pickled? Is yeah, that yeah, pickled beets? They're delicious. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm into it. They're purple, so I'm probably gonna eat them anyway. Yeah. No, you should definitely eat a eat a pickled beet. Okay. Okay. That's hey, you've heard it here first, guys. That's yeah. Aaron's gonna eat a pickled beet. Okay. So we find out mom wears a wig. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mom wears a wig. She you know dinner party's done. She goes upstairs. She goes into her huge fucking master suite that is covered head to toe with like speckled mirrors and like beforehand and (laughs) she just walks in and it looks like slumber party massacre fabulous it it actually it kind of reminds me of the bathroom in the prowler oh okay yeah no i get that yeah it is just bloodshed everywhere and she now is it's too much it's (laughs) this is too much and you just see Harold dead in the tub, like, slit open, yeah, like yeah. neck, uh, arms, everything. And then she like walks out hysterical. And yeah, he makes like that face of like, ha which is awesome, yeah. which is so fucking awesome. I love Bud Court really. He does a lot of it's funny because he's a very understated actor. You know, he's very like the way that he delivers his lines is very quiet and very understated in contrast to how ruth gordon delivers mods yes and i honestly what sold me on harold's performance was the facial expressions yes absolutely which by the way were improv i i absolutely i 100 percent believe it but that is bud court or harold what bud court plays harold but harold could have been 
so like campy or just too depressed right. like his role could have gone to michael sarah yeah like so many ways or jesse eisenberg oh fuck i hate that fucking guy you like just <laughs> i'm going to hell it just <laughs> too many different ways and the subtlety in like the smirks and the glances i melt for harold yes yes bud court yum Hot take coming. We both fuck Buckhart back in the day. Yes, that's a thing. Sure. Um, so then he goes to see his psychiatrist. And I love, I just noticed this this time around that they were both dressed in the same outfit. Oh, the symmetry. Yeah, he is dressed like him. He sits like him. It It is so fucking good. Just the canvas of the shot is... Yeah, they yeah, with the two it's like the two leather chairs yeah. and then the whole background is white. White with a picture dead center and he wears exactly what his psychiatrist is going to wear. He crosses his leg into the conversation and just like it is so subtle and fucking brilliant. Oh my god, I love this fucking movie so much. Okay. So he asks um the the psychiatrist asks Harold like what do you like to do for fun and he's like go to funerals. And so we get to see him um they play on the road to find out which is one of my favorite it's fucking hard to pick a favorite cat stevens songs but um that is that is definitely up there and he goes to a funeral and then decides he's going to buy a hearse yes yeah no i'm like the dream of car of depressed rich kids for sure and at the first funeral is where he meets Maud. Right. She is just kind of, and Maud is kind of just like in the background. Like she doesn't, she actually doesn't make herself known at that first funeral. She's just in the background doing her thing. Yeah. No, just very off to the side, but in a bright yellow slicker. Just right. seriously. Like, so Maud. A lot of slicker movies. Yeah, we do. We do have a lot of slicker movies. We yeah. Really do. That's yeah. what we should have called 2023. Year of the Slicker. Year of the Slicker. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, so also he has, let me just talk about this, how sweet his fucking estate is. Oh, it is. It's, oh my God. It is absolutely mansion Gothic castle type style, but with like Ivy on it. Yeah. And just sprawling, just courtyard porn courtyard easily must have 10 to 20 fucking bedrooms oh, yeah. you know just I mean, every time. like later on yeah his mom's like you know we'll meet her at the drawing room or the music room right yeah just they have rooms upon rooms that you just have to put stuff in so ugh. oh my god and then uh his mom informs him once he brings the hearse home, of course, that uh, he has led a charmed life yep. and that it is time for him to start dating. So she get married. She, oh, get oh, married. Yeah, get married. Yeah, to get right. married. Yeah. No, she he doesn't need to date and flittle around. We need to settle down. Actually get married. Yeah. Take a wife, if you will. Yes, absolutely. And her, you know, natural thought to that to find a suitable partner is a dating service apparently it is a computer dating service in 1971 yes which i didn't even think was a thing no me either nope. i it remember when it, she said it you know and that was probably like my 10th time viewing it and i'm like they had computers in 1971 i didn't know that either dude yeah. seriously i didn't know that and my favorite part is where she said <laughs> This is a computer dating service. They screen out the fat and the ugly. Yeah, the undesirables. The fat and the ugly. And I was like, oh, how life has changed. 
that's why we need okay cupid now yeah that's absolutely right and so she's uh she's answering these questions on his behalf right and it's asking things like you know do you find wife swapping distasteful and she goes i find the question distasteful i love that she answered every question for herself you know do you do you go to sleep easily yes i do (laughs) do you get back pains when you come home from a hard day i certainly do most certainly do (laughs) and what's bad is just so while this is going on let's paint you a picture audience while this is going on harold is sitting in a chair opening up a box which happens to also have a gun in it yes yeah (laughs) she is you know in the back left hand corner at the writing desk i get and for all the writing desk for all the rooms that they have they're very small rooms like it's a huge, massive estate, but every room is shot so cramped and claustrophobic. Oh my God, yes. And yeah, he's sitting, you know, facing dead ahead and uh, opens up a box, pulls out a fucking pistol <laughs> and, shoots, and-, and shoots his head. Yeah. And I believe the question was, are you prone to unexpected outbursts or, you know, things of that nature? And he shoots himself in the head with a fucking blank. And- falls backwards on the chair and she was like i would say you do harold that is certainly you oh my god see it's such a what's really great about this movie it, i mean it's billed as a black comedy it absolutely is billed oh as a black comedy. yeah when you look it up though it just says comedy like this is <laughs> that is not, yeah, it is not right it is not stepbrothers or we are the millers or any of that shit we are the millers yeah. <laughs> You got, you got very uh, very professional with that. Yeah. <laughs> we are the Millers. We are the Well, I'm talking like mom now. The Millers. Okay. Um, so, yes. Uh, he meets... He finally actually ends up meeting Maud at one of the funerals. And she asks him, do you dance? <laughs> and it's just... And, like, right, the look so on random. his face. Right? He's like, do you sing and dance? And he's like, uh, no. And she goes, uh, no. I thought not. <laughs> yeah. And just, you know, flitters off in her car, what you would think. What you would think is her car, which is actually the priest's car. The priest, by the way, MMM listeners, is played by Eric Christmas, who is the principal from all of the Porky's movies. Fun fact. Yeah. Fun fact for us. Yes, actually. Eric Christmas. Great guy. Um, So, yeah, she (laughs) she takes off in his car and, and and basically like just like fleets away or whatever peels out she takes off in a vw bug by the way and the priest comes out and is just like that woman that woman stole my car and you just see her like (laughs) take a corner on two wheels oh my god so then they meet again and um she ends up she ends up taking him back to her place which is actually a renovated old railroad car yes yeah I mean, of course that she lives there. And there is a part in this, and I was actually curious what you thought of this. So she goes and she's making tea. Yeah. Oat straw tea, which I don't know what that is, but it sounds really bad. No, it does not sound good, but okay. And he is feeling around all of her artwork. And in the middle Uh of the room... There is a vagina. Yes, and he... Is with his hand, like very, and then tries to stick his head into the vagina. Yeah, and no, that's a thing. Yeah, and I was really like, (laughs) what is going on here? Like, 
is he trying to be reborn? Because it's so many layers upon layers upon, and nothing he does is accidental. Nothing, everything he does has such thought that I was really going like, oh, is this like a new rebirth for him? Oh, well, that is that is way more of an artistic and spiritual way of looking at it. I just kind of thought he was like, ooh, look, a vagina. I don't have that. I don't get involved with vaginas. I'm going to stick my hands in it, and then I'm trying to stick my head through it. Oh, okay. All right. So but, for you, it was just total sexual absolutely, exploration. Absolutely. The okay. 70s. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get like, I, and I, everybody I show this movie to, I kind of pause it right there and I go, what do you think we're doing right now? And yeah, for me, it's like this spiritual rebirth of meeting Maud. And, wow. But, oh my God. Look at you, fucking Siskel and Ebear. Like, fucking come and correct with the whole spiritual rebirth. Wow. But okay. like, he doesn't know that it is yet. Oh but my God. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yours is way more astute, if you will, than mine. <clears throat> I'm just really horny right now. Yeah. Okay. So. No, that's fair. All right. So. Um, he goes out on his first, uh, date, quote, quote, uh, where one of the girls comes to, um, this, this poor girl, Jesus Christ, uh, comes to, comes to meet him at the estate and her name is Candy yeah. and she is a sorority girl who is a poli sci major. Yes. Uh, you know, me and the girls in my sorority all drew straws. And I lost. But I'm really excited to meet Harold because you live in a fucking mansion and a half. That's right. And he's cute. Like, you know, he walks by and he's cute. And she's like, oh, that's Harold. Okay, yeah. And then then he goes outside and he sets himself on fire. (laughs) And that is the last time we see Candy. (laughs) She runs out, right? This is my, this is by far one of my favorite moments of this movie and it was an improv moment too is when um she runs out harold walks in and obviously he has set something else on fire that's not him he walks in turns to the camera and smirks that is absolutely the best smirk of all smirks and nails it it yeah no harold and i'm not just saying this because i'm fucking horny harold could get it Oh, Harold could get it any day. So, I mean, Maud could really get it. I love everyone in this whole This is true. Movie. It's a really good movie. So, um, then we see uh, Dame Dame <laughs> Dame Maud uh, uh, modeling nude for a dude named Glaucus. And I guess he's, is he modeling, is he making ice sculptures out of her? Yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. he is tr- uh, carving away a nude ice sculpture of Maud, which rightfully fucking so. They end up uh, doing a scrapyard lunch, which I love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, she asks, him, you know, because they're building a friendship and she's just like, okay, I've seen you at four different funerals now. Uh, you know, what else do you do for fun? And then cut to they're at like this demolition scrap wrecking yard. <laughs> yeah, of just destroying cars. And she's like, I can see the appeal. Right. Oh, right. It's oh. like, I can see the appeal. But then it's funny because whenever we see Maud, now we're seeing light. We're seeing light. We're seeing mm-hmm. sunshine. Yeah. We're seeing sunflowers. We're seeing flowers in general. Like yeah. everything starts to be bright. And Maud takes him to basically um, a greenhouse, right? Yes. <clears throat> a greenhouse and says, I like to watch things grow. Yep. And my favorite flower is the sunflower. Yeah. You know, they grow towards the light. You know, they're rooted, this and that. And asks him, if you could be, you know, a plant, what would you be? Daisy. 
Yeah, and he just points to something. He's just like, I don't know, I guess, you know, one of these. And she's like, okay, why? And he goes, I don't know, because, you know, they're all the same. She goes, oh, but they're not. Some are tall, some are short, some are white, some are fat, you know? And just part of the world's sadness, and this is one of my favorite lines oh, in the whole movie, God, go ahead. is, you know, <laughs> is part of the world's sadness is, you know, from people allowing others to treat them as this when they're really like that. And that is paraphrased, but, um, but, but beautifully, but beautifully done, Hill. Beautifully done. So... They decide to liberate a tree, as you do. As you do, yeah. She steals another car, obviously, and just they have to pull over, and she's just like, this tree needs to... It's in, like, downtown. It's, like, growing in, like, a little sidewalk area. She's like, we got to rescue it. We got to send it to the forest. Uh, It can't breathe. People can breathe here, but, you know, they can't. And Harold's like, we can't just take the tree you can't take a tree it's illegal it's it's what is he public property yeah it's but yeah it's you know it, it's public property and she goes yeah and that's we're the public it's our property <laughs> like she is so like what are you talking about and he goes well we'll we'll need tools and she's like oh yeah you're right okay so we need to get a truck and a shovel got it. and they come back with that yeah and they liberate a fucking tree and then probably one of my absolute favorite is they get pulled over by Tom Skerritt, motherfucker. Tom motherfucking Skerritt. And, you know, license and registration, lady. And what's Now, did you notice this? When they get pulled over, did you notice that Harold reaches in his pocket for his checkbook? I did not. Oh, my. I was so, I'm so focused on fucking Maude. Yeah, because he reaches in his he reaches in his jacket pocket and he actually pulls out his checkbook. And when he's walking towards the car, he has his checkbook in hand as if to say, like, I can make this go away with right. money. Yeah, I know. I know what to do in these situations because it's what. Oh, my God. It's so fucking brilliant. Anybody who hasn't seen this movie. Seriously, why are you listening to my show? Yeah. Our show. Yeah. Sorry. That's bad. No, it's <laughs> it is. It is. No, um, it's our show. But yeah, I'm just license and registration, lady. Oh, I don't have one. I don't believe in them. And he's like, what? Don't be officious. You're not yourself when you're officious. <laughs> yep. It's a stolen truck, stolen tree. And is that your shovel? She's like, <laughs> nope. And he goes, possession of a stolen shovel. And then she says, it's best not get to, not to get too moral. You cheat yourself out of too much life. Yep. All right. So let me get this straight. All right, then we'll be off. And she leaves. And they leave. She leaves. She leaves. And that's it. Then then they have this amazing, amazing, amazing night where they're inside of the, um, they're inside of Dame Maud's house. And they talk about the moment that Harold decided that he liked to play dead and why. And now, do you remember the story? Do you want me to tell the story? You can tell the story. Okay. So he was at away at college or away at, excuse me, away at school, boarding boarding school, right? He was away at boarding school and they had an accident in the chem lab and some, and he was, you know, hurt, but not killed. But he ended up sneaking back home, sneaking up the back stairs and cops came and told his mother that he had been killed. And she, like, put her hand over her, you know, put her hand over her forehead and she kind of, like, gave a sigh and then she passed out and collapsed in their arms. And he said, and it was in that moment that I realized I be- I, I, I would be much better, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> I preferred being dead. Yeah. 
that was like his oh my mom does love me like we have had no relationships no encounters i feel no motherly love from this woman so for her to experience like loving me i need to be dead for my mom to know what love and loss is like and then would go on to effectively kill himself for her sympathy yeah like something some some emotion i was gonna say like enjoyment amusement i like i was like that's yeah and you know to try and get that reaction from her because i don't feel it and it's just heartbreaking and you and he's crying yeah yeah he this is like his first real emotional experience he has tears in his eyes as he's telling the story and maud is so focused on him of just loving him doesn't interrupt him doesn't try to bring light and levity to the situation because she's always you know light and joy and all of that and she is just there and just sitting in the darkness with him and i went oh yeah i have goosebumps right now and she also shares a story of how she was she came over from france uh away from the nazis basically is what she and that's well, why we don't know that it's nazis yet not yet we don't know but we know that she you escaped know she was the escaped kingdom. the kingdom as yeah. she called it. and she would say she's like i don't miss the kingdom but i do miss the kings yes and just you know uh she has an umbrella that she would use for the protests and i'm getting fucking goosebumps right yeah. now and just it hangs on the wall and he's you know asking questions about that and is just very oh you know i i would use it in protests and she was and he's like oh what did you protest and she was just like oh you know the government and the kingdoms and this fell and that fell and you just really don't know her background you don't know her background at all like no. you just you're sort of kind of trying to infer from these things that she's saying um and then later on we find out in a very brief and i mean blinking you will miss it kind yeah. of moment exactly what she's talking about yeah it is so it it was like the first time that maude really speaks in riddles because she is very i am who i am i am where i am and i'm loving my fucking life all the time and this was the first time where I was just like, what the fuck is she talking about? Like, I remember watching it for the first time and going like the kingdoms fell and what, what, right. what kingdom, what you're, you're 79, right. which is very important. <laughs> oh shit. We totally forgot to, to mention this. Holy God. Really? Oh, Aaron, go oh my God. There. Yeah. No. Okay. No, so, right. Back. We already said, we already said Harold is, tw- is a man of 20. Maud is a woman of 79. She's about to celebrate her 80th birthday next week. Yes. And brings it up, you know, at at one of the funerals where she offers him some licorice. Oh, God. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, but it's black licorice. Ugh. That's where you lose me, Maude. Yeah, that's the thing. Maude, it's very weird, right? Because we've got oat straw tea, black licorice, and then ginger pie, which just sounds wrong. Yeah, and organic wine. Um, and- yes, organic wine, <laughs> of course. And yeah, you know, she's... She... I... I yep, yeah, yeah. just delete this. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. And then they waltz together. Yes, uh, just they get up and, you know, she teaches him 
uh to wait oh, no the instrument they, yeah no they play music first right first night. they, they dance play later. they dance later but they play the they actually uh she has she, she has a player piano which is awesome and it plays the if you want to sing out sing out by cat stevens yes and she's you know playing the player piano and singing and he's watching her and she gets him to start singing mm-hmm. she takes the first verse and he's so he's trying it timid <laughs> and then he would sing like a word and then they're singing together and she's just like oh no everybody should be able to you know make some music now and again and gives him a fucking banjo right she opens up that she opens up this really cool closet with all of these instruments in it and she's kind of like okay try this and then she goes no 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 try this and gives him a banjo yeah a banjo and you know they're dancing carrying on and then cut to the next scene where he is actually playing the banjo yes he's learning how to play the banjo and now we have date number two date number two oh, edith mention uh that mom got rid of the hearse and bought him a jaguar a jaguar yeah a jaguar you are correct the only reason i know that is yep. yeah yeah and bought him a tiny little jaguar tiny 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 little jaguar and as soon as she is off, you just see the fucking uh, welding right. torch. He walks out with a welding torch and a f- and his and the and, and the face helmet and puts it down and just yeah. goes to town on this jaguar, which I love. Yeah, this fucking car absolutely gets me wet every time it like when it when I know because we're about to fucking see this car and it is lady boner for me every time so we have the second date now and she's going out to meet and she's just like oh yeah i just got him you know a little jaguar and they turn and he turned the jaguar into a jaguar hearse fabulous oh my fucking god i just came like a little bit (laughs) just like a little bit and at this moment we decided we want to have ten thousand of harold's babies yes and Edith is just like, oh, it oh, looks like a hearse. It's, you know, small and you get- very stylish. Yeah. yeah. So now we're going to go meet in the drawing room. The drawing room. Yes. And um, she's she's explaining that she services the feed and grain for the for the southeast or southwest. Right. Because I had to look this up. This is actually shot in like. The outskirts of, South, of, excuse me, of Northern California. So this is actually shot in like the outskirts of San Francisco. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, that tracks. Yeah. And yeah. Rolling Hills. Yeah. 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 So she, she's a secretary for like a grain and feed company for cattle and pigs and shit. And very fascinating conversation. <laughs> and yeah, Harold walks in and sits down. And in true Harold fashion, pulls out a fucking meat cleaver and hacks his arm off. It's so great. It's so fucking great. He just does. And then he just like looks at her and she's like, oh, you know, so she, she, so then that date is done. Yeah. Then she, she runs right the fuck out of there. So then his mom decides that, you know, he would benefit from going to meet his uncle Victor, who has one arm. Yep. Yep, one arm that he, and it's his saluting arm, so he has rigged his uniform where he can pull a button, and his sleeve salutes Nathan Hale. Nathan Hale, very important, Nathan Hale, yes, there should be more Nathan Hale in the world, according to Uncle Victor. So he knows that he's planning on drafting him for the army, basically, so him and Maud concoct a plan um, where 
basically she shows up as a protester of the war and then he like fights her off and then and then brings out a a shrunken head yeah yeah he you know he's getting like drafted into the military and uncle victor is just like you know giving him war stories and so harold's response is to get overly psychotically enthusiastic about murdering people right, about the carnage he's all about the carnage like yeah. you know i get to like choke people out and do i get souvenirs like this scalp i have in my fucking pocket yeah can i slit their throats can i take some ears and like initially when it's like i'm gonna learn hand genitals yeah yeah can i keep their <laughs> genitals ah and yeah initially it's like i'll learn hand-to-hand combat and he goes you sure will harold and what about this and what about this and like you just see uncle victor where he starts going like oh no 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 just backing away slowly and then yeah he winds up like throwing Maud through a hole in the floor which is amazing because you know that the, the the type of shape that Maud is in in this movie, like she she talks about like greeting the day with like a breath of fire, and she obviously she obviously eats very organically. Clearly, right. um, she's obviously in shape, so she probably could very well have fallen through that hole, swam around, and been totally fine. Yeah, yeah, but it is definitely we are led to believe that Harold just killed Maud <laughs> to not go to the army, and yet like Uncle Victor, like nothing was done. Right. No, nothing happened. It was just like literally the scene ends and then yeah. we're, we're treated to the next day where they actually get to spend the day together, which is such a, oh my God, this is such a beautiful, beautiful thing where they're sitting there talking and he looks down at her arm very quickly. And like I said, blink and you'll miss it, guys. But he looks down at her arm and sees that she has a concentration camp tattoo. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, they had... Uh, a beautiful day together they're sitting down watching the sunset and i don't even remember i couldn't tell you what she's talking about she's talking about glorious birds okay Uh, she says um are they seagulls yeah so so she was saying um she was like i always thought of them as glorious birds and then someone told me they were called seagulls but they will always be glorious birds to me yep and yeah he just looks down and sticking out from her car is the like numbered concentration camp and then you realize what she was talking about with the kingdoms fell and the invasion of the nazis and how hitler was you know running all over europe just slaughtering her people and how she was protesting and made it out and like you want a scene to like kick you in the fucking chest uh you're feeling ungrateful right like just fucking watch this scene yeah it it quit bitching about your life yeah right like oh i don't have money to go get a pedicure i can't afford my i can't afford my starbucks anymore really really okay so now comes um definitely my favorite date of all the dates oh i hate this bitch oh i know she's she's the fucking worst person on the planet I love it because she actually gives Harold a run for his money in like the crazy town. Yeah, no, in in yeah, I she she is necessary. And I understand that her role is necessary, but I also want to street fight Sunshine. Yeah, Sunshine yeah. Sunshine Duray, by the way. Yes. Sunshine Duray. Um and she comes in and she's like, "I'm an actress." Yeah. Very very, very actress. 
and very like south side it's not south side uh southern <laughs> california, california. <laughs> sorry i was watching was, something else that was good that yeah. was good though, she's yeah. from the south side the south side of california yeah um, and ju- yeah you know i mean gorgeous girl blonde hair blue eyes you know wearing a really weird hat Wear, wearing a weird hat and like almost slips and she's walking through the yes man. thank you and I, I was wondering i was like is that was that a fucking was that a was that a gift was or a, a, a gift really it was a wow gift. <laughs> it was a gift for all of us i was gonna say was that a gaffe thank you yeah. a mistake if you will um so 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 harold brings out Harold brings out a stack of knives and explains to her what Harry Carey is or Harry Carey, um, not the news, not the sports announcer. Um, he explains that it is this ritual uh, um, murder. Nah, fuck. No, fuck. Ritual I, suicide. He doesn't say that, though. He just says, you know, it, uh, Japanese warriors right, okay. would do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they cut to him kneeling on the floor and he's doing like this whole fucking thing. And when you look at him, he looks Japanese. And I said, how the fuck did you do this? And then stabs himself in the stomach to complete Harry Carey. Right. And she goes, ooh. And then she's like, oh my God, at the playhouse and blah, 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 I played Juliet to Romeo. So I'm going to basically, she's going to reenact Romeo and Juliet in front of, in front of Harold using this whole situation. She takes her hat off. She pretends it's a goblet. She yep. drinks the poison and then she dies on top of Harold. Yes. And that's the exact moment that his mom walks in with lemonade and, and just, <laughs> yeah, she stabs herself in the titty, fall, like dies on top of Harold. Mom walks in with lemonade. There's a butler next to her with a tray of lemonade. She drops the glass misses the fucking tray and harold just looks up like a four-year-old that just got caught playing doctor yeah like Like, he he, he doesn't even know he doesn't even know he's like i don't know where this bitch came from yeah i this is more traumatic for me mom actually (laughs) she just ruined my fucking harry carry game (laughs) she ruined my fucking harry carry game Okay. Oh, oh god oh so good um so then harold and maude decide to go to the carnival yep and harold wins maude a little it's like a little um it's like a, a coin it's a it's like a tourist penny they do them on the boardwalks oh, is that what it, okay. yeah see so you know this shit. yeah yeah it's a it's a big get you laid thing it you yeah what oh yeah Wait, oh, okay. Wait, you have to explain this to me. Yeah, no, this is like, because, all right, in, again, when you live near a boardwalk, I grew up near a boardwalk in New Jersey. So if guy takes you to the boardwalk, you there's carnival rides that you can go on, or you go to the arcade, and yeah, it's like a penny, and it's a legit penny, and you type in what you want on the penny. Oh, my f- god dude i did not know this i thought it was just like it was just a really cool coin that he gave her no and that's and he types oh, out harold loves mod on the penny oh my god that that means so much more to me now yeah. than oh that's so fucking great dude okay yeah, it's a panty dropper. yeah dude would have been for me too shit god damn bud court all over the place okay so he um 
he gives her this he gives her this uh this this oh god this penny and it says harold loves maude and she reads it and then she said and maude loves harold and then then she throws throws it into the water and he's like what and then she's like so i'll always know where it is i love that mentality i love that she is a collector and she has things in her home that mean a lot to her her umbrella her uh sniffer machine that makes you smell snow yeah, her weird olfactory machine yeah and just artwork upon artwork and a player piano and just when she has these fucking moments it's these dollops of love that she throws out into the fucking world oh my god jesus christ this is gonna be so hard to get through okay so then they make sweet love yeah cut to most controversial scene in the movie uh it is a bright fucking day coming through you got maud now she is covered you got no titty action but her hair's down but her hair is down and you clearly you can see she had a good fucking night and harold is right next to her you know shirtless blowing bubbles in bed so great dude so fucking great oh my god yum while uh yeah it's 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 well i think i see the light plays which is so perfect it's so fucking good god damn okay so harold decides he's gonna marry maude yeah and goes home and mom's on the phone with whoever again and yeah, she seems to all be all. The, she seems to always be on the phone with someone named Faye, yeah. who I think is her hairdresser. Yeah, and just always canceling appointments. Right. Yeah. Like, Faye, yeah. I can't possibly meet you today. And you know, he walks in and he sits down and is just like, "I'm gonna get married." And she stops and she's like, "Wait, what?" And he goes, "I'm getting married." And she's like, "I need to call you back." And he hands her a picture. And he goes, oh, I think, I suppose you think that's very funny, marrying a sunflower. And he turns the picture over and it's Maude, a 79-year-old woman. And the very next scene is like back at the shrink's office. The shrink's like, well, clearly you're marrying this woman because you want to marry your mother. However, you're actually in love with your grandmother. Yes. Uh, Next scene, the priest. Oh, God. The priest. This is a fabulous scene, okay? Because Eric Christmas owns this whole fucking monologue where he's like, he's like, the the thought of your young flesh commingling with withered, old, saggy saggy breasts and buttocks. (laughs) makes me want to vomit yeah it's fantastic dude and did fucking harold zero fucks are given at this yeah. point he wants to marry maude so he takes her and they have her they celebrate her 80th birthday and i noticed this this time around that there were sunflowers everywhere every yeah so drawn up this and that sunflowers it is the night of her 80th birthday and he is over the fucking moon. You see Harold come to life. He is smiling. He is joking. He cannot wait to share his fucking life with this woman. And Maud hits him with, I could never imagine a lovelier farewell. And he's like, what do you mean? And she reveals, I took the tablets an hour ago. I will be dead before midnight. And he... His very next line is just, what? Yes, it's so perfect. Because, yeah, he reacts and he's just like, he's like, what? And then we see, you know, 
he's he's you know he's got her in the ambulance he's taking her to the hospital and he's like maud for god's sakes don't die you know and, and the, she the ambulance does not care the hospital doesn't care she's a 79 year old woman who is trying to go out on her own fucking terms in true mod fashion in my opinion and he is just like i just found you i fell in love with you why are you doing this to me don't fucking leave me and her response is just go love more oh my god god damn it man jesus fucking christ this is just so much okay so then and then and then and then the fucking gut punch trouble starts playing trouble starts playing and we see this kind of montage of it's actually a combination montage of um of uh of harold driving his car around what looks like the pacific coast highway but it's not um driving his car like through all of these like rolling hills and simultaneously also like trying to trying to explain to the doctors what has happened and and you know watching the doctors try to help her and then bringing her back and then them revealing that she didn't make it yeah and honestly the only logical point is that you know he is going to now fucking really kill himself right it's the only logical conclusion at this point is you know he had love and she fucking tapped out on her own terms which, spoiler, she has said she is going to do throughout the entire fucking movie. He's just not listening. Yeah. He did not know all the dynamics of what she was saying. But she says it time and fucking time again that I'm going to kill myself on my 80th birthday. And he drives up to this fucking cliff. And this is a this is a one fun fact that I do know. They had to do this last shot in one take, and they were terrified to do it because they only had one fucking car. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and the car goes flying off the fucking cliff, lands nose first, you know, tr trashed, and then the camera pans back up, and it's just Harold playing on his fucking banjo. Yeah! so good dude it's so fucking good oh Just my god gonna put oh my god that's it yeah that's it if you want to sing out sing out credits motherfuckers yeah credits it's so good oh my god all right so let's do a little bit of a deep dive into our cast here so bud court was in um he started off he was in a movie called brewster mcleod and a movie called mash for robert altman he got the offer to do Harold and Maude and Robert Altman basically told him, he's like, look, if you do this movie, you're going to be typecast as like a weirdo. Right. Basically, because this is a very odd role. And when this movie came out, it didn't do as well as they wanted it to do. Um, it became a cult classic much later in life and it was discovered much later in life, but it really wasn't the most popular movie in the world. Um, in 1979, he had a disfiguring car accident, and this is what happened here. Hold on a second. Da, 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 da. Aha. Nearly died in a car accident on the Hollywood freeway, where he collided with an abandoned car blocking a lane into which he was turning. He broke an arm, a leg, a sustained concussion, and a fractured skull. His face was severely lacerated. His lower lip was nearly severed. The accident resulted in multiple plastic surgeries, substantial hospital bills, a lost court case, and the disruption of his career. So when he finally did come back, he did a lot of like kind of like oddball sort of roles. And one of them was the killer clown sex phone sex classic out of the dark. So 
triple M, little 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 triple M uh, would you nod. Like a fun Bud Court fact. I would. So, have you ever seen uh, Dogma? Yes, I heard he was in that. And you know what? I actually, I know, right? Hot take, dude. I, that's the one movie I haven't actually seen of Kevin Smith's yet. Okay. But. Well, he is in that and he plays God. <gasps> oh, see, I thought Alanis Morissette played God. She needs a vessel to come out of. Oh. He's the man in the coma. And then wow. is also back on the fucking boardwalk looking at the sunrise, which is a total fucking nod to Maud. That's great. Wow. Wow. Kevin Smith, baby. We love yeah. you. We love you so much. Oh, my God. All right. So that's it for Bud Court. Now, Ruth Gordon, get Woo-hoo! ready, bitch. You got it. Like, we got to We should pack a lunch. We're going to be here a while. So. She had over 50 years in the theater as a theater actress. She started out in 1915. God bless her. Right? She had, um, she was married to her co-star and then they broke up. She ended up writing, get this, 16 screenplays. I believe that. She just seems like a woman that can do everything and anything. And she, she wrote one very specific one called Adam's rib for Spencer, for, for, um, excuse me, for Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. And she modeled it after her second husband and hers banter back and forth. Oh, she does seem like she would give good banter. Yes, absolutely. I like, Oh, I love it so much. Um, at 72, she won an Oscar for Rosemary's baby obviously yeah which is funny because rosemary's baby is one of those movies that it, one number one it's so fucking long like i it, it's so long but she's my favorite part of rosemary's baby she's the only good part in rosemary's thank baby. you thank I you take, i take i was gonna say that i was absolutely gonna say it i'm like the only thing i really like about rosemary's baby is ruth gordon is ruth gordon i it's why i've never said oh we should do it on this show because no, i fucking don't like it that much I, no i no. this whole show is about movies that we fucking love and you couldn't have me as your co-star on that one uh-uh. and that's fine with me because yeah. yeah i tried to watch it again with my mom and i was like you know once we got to the octogenarian gangbang i was like yeah i'm out yeah, i just i feel like you're still watching it right now it's <laughs> still happening movie is 19 years long <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so so she wins the Oscar for Rosemary's Baby. She gets an Emmy for a guest spot that she does on the show Taxi. That to- makes sense. Taxi was mind mind blowing. Such an amazing show. So, right, exactly. She and then she ends up writing a kind of naughty novel about the Zigfield Zig oh, fucking hell. <sighs> Zigfield Follies girls called Shady Lady at 85. Yeah, no, she was busy. Maud was busy. I know, like, you were talking about Ruth Gordon, but Ruth Gordon is Maud. In my world, they are one and the fucking same. She's just so amazing. Anyway, she ends up having a stroke at 88, and she passes away, and she leaves behind this amazing legacy. Most of the films that she wrote and or were in are part of, you know, are are really huge parts of just the cinematic landscape. She is an absolute fucking treasure, because, again... Bud Court brought Harold to life for me and Ruth Gordon is Maud. Like they are just synonymous for me and just 
it could have gone so many different ways of not being so sweet or touchy or it could have been fucking just campy or it could have just gotten like sleazy and skeevy and fucking weird. A 20 year old in love with a 79 year old woman could have gone so fucking badly. But the fact of just like you brought so much light and love into somebody else's life that now they're going to do that for somebody else. And when you're fucking dark, I'm going to sit in the darkness with you. And it's just, it is absolutely what I think love is. Oh, God. That's so beautiful. What a beautiful way to end, man. Anywho, if you'd like to follow Manic Movie Monday, please do so on Instagram as well as Facebook. And as always, stay stay manic, manic, my lovelies.